Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 71 of the Learning to Lead podcast. I'm excited to be with you again this month. This is actually going to be a new kind of episode that I'm adding into the podcast mix. I'm going to be combining two of my podcasts. Um, One podcast I have is this, the Learning to Lead podcast, which you're probably familiar with if you're listening to this. The other is my speaking podcast, and often I get the honor and privilege to speak at youth ministries, at youth camps, at churches, college ministries, and I usually record those talks and I make them available on my other podcast. Uh, for people to listen to, but I think it'd just be easier to combine the two podcasts and have all my messages in one place, and so that's what I'm going to be doing, and so this is the first installment of that kind of episode. Specifically, this message is a message I I recorded at Slippery Rock University. I spoke at their crew ministry, which is a phenomenal ministry I've been a part of for seven or eight years now, and they're doing great things, and the message I shared was called Finding Your Paul. Finding Your Paul, and it's all about finding spiritual mentors and making the most of your relationships with them. And I see a big gap between mentees and mentors in our generation. I find young leaders who are dying and hungry uh, to get mentored by the next gener- or the generation above us, and I find that the generation ahead of us um, is longing to pour into the next generation, but both parties don't know how to, to start building and cultivating those relationships together. And so my hope in this message is to give you a process for how to develop spiritual mentorships in your life and then how to make the most of them, what that relationship should actually look like. And the key thought that I want everyone to to go away with is this, is that you may be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. And so I'll share more about that in the message. I pray that this, uh, this message adds value to your life. Um, If there's anything I can ever do for you, if you're ever looking for a speaker for an event, I'd love to come speak at your event or your ministry. Um, You can email me at DougSmithLive at gmail.com. Again, that's DougSmithLive at gmail.com. But more than anything, I just pray, my prayer for you is that you'll find spiritual mentors in your life who can take you further, faster, because they'll make a huge difference in your life. So enjoy this message, and we'll see you next episode. God, thank you so much for... Our time together tonight, Lord, I thank you for Slippery Rock. I thank you for this campus. I thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. And I thank you for everyone here that came here on a night where they could be watching a Sealer game or doing a hundred other things. Lord, I thank you that they're prioritizing you. And um, Lord, I just pray that you say in your word that where two or more are gathered, you're there. So I just thank you that you're here. I thank you for showing up in people's lives. I pray that you would just let, um, allow them to experience you tonight, Father, and that you would speak to their hearts, Lord. You, you know the needs of everybody in this room, and I pray that everyone here will go home with something tonight um, from you. So I thank you for that. I thank you for the words that come out of my mouth and the message you put in my heart, that you would just anoint my words and use it to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I'm, So when I come and teach, I usually I'm real practical. I don't like to just... Just, I like to inspire people, but, but this is going to be a very practical message. I've, I've preached this three times this week to people, and um, I think it's extremely important. It can be a little dry, but if you get a hold of this, the Bible says uh, to, to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, because the doers are the ones that get results. And I'm, I'm here, every time I preach, I'm preach I want to preach to the doers. I don't want to preach to people who just listen to a message and say, oh, that was nice, or hey, wow me, impress me, I want to I feel good after the message. I want you to be able to take whatever God put in my heart and actually walk out of here and do something with it. And so, I could be preaching to one doer tonight, or I could be preaching to a hundred doers tonight. Uh, it doesn't matter to me, but that's my, my goal, is that you'll actually take this and do something with it. And this is a message that I'm very passionate about. I call it tonight's message, Finding Your Paul. 
finding your Paul. And it's really how to make the most, how to find spiritual mentors and make the most of your relationships with them. If you look in the Bible, you see biblical mentorship all over the place. You see that Jethro mentored Moses, Moses mentored Joshua, Samuel mentored Samuel or Saul and David, Elijah mentored Elisha, Jesus mentored the disciples, and Paul mentored Timothy and others. And so you see this all over the place. And, and I know we all like the thought of mentorship. We've all certainly heard of it. And I'm just curious, how many of you guys would say you have a mentor in your life right now? How many of you guys have the desire? You say, I, I want that. I long for mentorship. Okay, well, hopefully uh, I can add value to you. So, again, I want to talk to you about how to find them today, and not only how to find them, but when you do, how do you actually cultivate those relationships? And the main thought I want you to come away with tonight is this, is that you are one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. You're one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. You know, when you look at all those examples I gave of mentorship in the Bible, every single mentee had their life changed forever as a result of a mentor coming into their life. You think about the disciples, they were just normal fishermen fishing on a boat, and then Jesus comes in their life, and their destinies are changed forever. Elisha was just plowing in a field, and Elijah comes into his life, and his life changes forever. Right? You see it over and over and over again. And I'm here to tell you that, that every single believer needs mentors and needs uh, spiritual fathers and mothers to come into their life to change their destiny. You know, for me, so I didn't have this growing up. Um, my parents were awesome. The Bible says your parents did the best that they knew how to do. And I would say that was true of my parents, and my parents were great. But I found myself at the end of high school is when I first started pursuing God. I graduated high school with a 1.6 GPA, really was headed nowhere, had no plans, no ambitions in life, and God came into my life, and, and that's a whole other story, but God brought two significant men into my life who became spiritual fathers. One was named Pastor Larry Betancourt, uh, who was the youth pastor at the church I was going to, and the second was Mike Stidell, who would one day, I didn't know at the time, be my father-in-law. And they made a significant impact in my life. Now, in, in my life, God brought those guys into my life. But I'll say this, God may bring people that could be potential mentors into your life, but if you don't do something about it, if you're not intentional about pursuing that, then, then it's not going to last. And you're not going to have those people stay in your life. So yes, God can bring people in your life, but I found that more often than not, uh, you have to be intentional and ambitious in seeking mentorship and pursuing and developing and cultivating those relationships. And so I had those two men change my life forever. They, they modeled for me what a godly husband looked like. They modeled for me what godly character looked like. They modeled for me what work ethic looked like. They modeled me literally everything because I can't tell you how unskilled I was. I had literally, I had no skills. I had, I had nothing. And they modeled for me so much. And they, they've enabled me and they're still mentors in my life to this day. I would not be the man I am today. I would not be where I am today. I would have nothing that I have today if it weren't for their investment in my life. And so my heart cry for you tonight is that you'll have those relationships in your life. And I hope to cultivate a hunger in you to pursue mentors all the rest of your life. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 4, verses 15, verse 15, it says this. It says, For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached to you the good news, the good news to you. Even if you had 10,000 structures, you only have one father. And here's what I know, and my pastor always encourages our generation with this. He said, uh, the problem with our generation is that all of our mentors are 30 seconds older than us. They're not much further down the road. 
Because the reality is, I'm 30, so yeah, I'm a little further down the road to you, and I can teach you principles, and I can teach you a little bit based on my experience, but really, outside of that, I don't have a lot to give you. But if you meet with someone that's in their 60s and 70s, they're able to provide for you perspective. And, and those are the kind of people I want you to get around. It's great to pick you know, people 5, 10 years older than you, but I want you to think even beyond that. How can I get around people that have been through life, that, that have raised kids, that are so much further down the road than I could ever be to give me perspective in the decisions that I need to make? And so... What does is, what is spiritual father and mother look like if I'm talking about this? What, what are you looking for? And these are just a few things that I look for personally. One, they, they're going to be much further down the road for you in the areas that you want to grow in. And uh, when I say the areas you want to grow in, I don't believe that there's just one mentor, Yoda, that exists for your life that you meet this one person, they're going to they're gonna fulfill everything you need in all areas. You need mentors in every single area of your life. You need mentors in your financial life. If you're dating, you need mentors in your relationship life. You need mentors in your spiritual life. Uh, there's no area of your life that you won't benefit from having people further down the road pour and invest in your life. They have to have godly character. This is extremely important. Uh, so, uh, it's easy to be, get, admire people that have accomplished great things. But I'm, I'm less concerned about what people have accomplished and more concerned about their character and their heart. Because the reality is with the people that you spend time with, you're going to catch more than they teach. And if they don't have godly character, if they don't know how to, to treat people in a godly way, um, you're going to catch that. And so a leader or a mentor's integrity is so much more important than what they've achieved in life. So they have to have godly character. They have to be someone that you look up to and would like to be. Obviously, you're not going to want to meet with someone that you don't want to be like or you don't look up to. It's common sense. But you want to spend time with them. You need someone that will be able to tell you no. And obviously that's developed over time. But who do you have in your life that can tell you no? I think I say this in every, t- every time I come here because I don't think there's much more important than that. I had a pastor that I know. He mentored Dion Sanders, who was a great athlete his whole life. And he said he was meeting with Dion, and Dion was having all these things he was struggling with. And he asked Dion, he said, Dion, your whole life, you've had all the money you ever wanted. You had the looks. You've had the girls. People just get, give you whatever you want. My question for you is, who do you have in your life that will tell you no, that you'll actually listen to? And Deion Sanders couldn't think of one person in his life that could tell him no, because he was so used to just everyone giving him and telling him whatever he wanted to hear, because he, he had it all. Who do you have in your life that can tell you no? Who do you have in your life that can say you shouldn't be in that relationship, or you shouldn't handle your money this way, or hey, you need to really buck up and, and, and study harder in school? They need to be able to tell you no. They need to be able to tell you your blind spots. And then you just need someone to encourage you, isn't it? I'm an encouraging person, I like to think. But, man, I believe that's a gift God gave me. I love hanging out with encouragers. There, isn't it great when you spend time with someone that's further down the road? Oh, this was so awesome. I, like, wanted to cry. I, I was in youth ministry, and I just had coffee on Tuesday with a kid that, that I saw grow up literally since he was probably in second grade. And I was able to say, man, I am so proud of you. And he started crying, and he said, you have no idea what that means to hear that from you. And isn't it nice, and and I do that all the time with people pointing to me, I just want to cry because we need people to just tell us, hey, you're doing better than you think you are, you're smarter than you think you are, you're more gifted than you think you are, because we hear so much negative so many times. You need encouragers in your life. And so you might say, this all sounds great, but how do I actually get these relationships in my life? And this is where it gets very, very practical. I love this stuff, so uh, this is just going to be a process. So here's my process, and then we'll get into the more of the spiritual side of it. But this is what I do. When I see someone that exhibits those skills, this is how I pursue mentorship in my life. 
The first step is you have to pay the price to get around old leaders. Pay the price to get around them. And the reality is, if you want to get mentored, it's going to take work. It's going to take sacrifice. You're going to have to ask them. You're going to have to ask people for a meeting when you're afraid to ask them. You're going to have to ask them questions. You're going to have to be humble when they tell you things you don't want to hear. You're going to have to be persistent. You're going to have to work at what they tell you to work on. And so it's going to be work, but the first step is you just have to find them. You might say, well, where do I actually find them? And this is really simple. Anywhere. Now, that's really cliche, but the reality is... You can't find them anywhere. You know, I have a lot of mentors in my life, but I have a lot of mentors in my life because I show up a whole lot of places. I'm, every, every, I'm married now, so I don't go out looking for girls to date. But when I go out networking, I look for mentors. Who in this room is sharp that I, I could meet and they could take me to another level? Who, who do I want to be like? And, that, and I'm constantly looking. And my biggest encouragement to you is get busy serving in the kingdom of God. It's great to serve in this ministry and amongst your peers, but you need to be serving in a church where you can get rub shoulders with quote-unquote kingdom veterans and people that are further down the road than you. Put yourself in position and just get busy serving. And I'm telling you, God will bring those people in your life. And when you find them, how do you actually build a relationship? Oh, here's my process. Ask for a meeting. This takes courage. It's scary asking someone that you admire for a meeting. Tim Ferriss, uh, not a Christian guy, but wrote a great book called The 4-Hour Workweek. And... Um, he, he teaches at Stanford once a semester, and he challenges the class. He offers this huge prize. I don't even know what it is, but everyone would want it. And the, the challenge that he puts out there is I want everyone in this room to try to get in contact with the most high-profile person they can get in contact with. And, and I'm telling you to shoot for people like Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, Eric Schmidt, the CEO of Google, etc. He said half the class doesn't even try because they don't think there's any chance. And then the rest of the class actually tries and tries and tries, and most of them end up being successful. And his whole point is, you're, you're a lot closer uh, to contact with the people that you look up to that you don't think you are than you think you are, if that made sense. But you, you're, you're one click away from getting a meeting with the, the person that you've always wanted to meet with. You just need the courage to actually hit send. And, and I find that over and over again with young leaders. My wife and I have a leadership organization, and we encourage people all the time to get mentored by business leaders, etc. But so many people are afraid to hit, hit send. What if they reject me? What if they don't want to meet? Do you know I've, I've never met a leader that I encourage to mentor the young leaders that I influence that has said no to someone asking them to mentor them? In fact, I've found that they're actually dying to mentor our generation. But they're kind of scared to ask you. And so I want to encourage you to ask them. Come prepared for the meeting. Send them questions ahead of time. If you're meeting with someone about finances or relationships, come up with a list of questions that you want to ask them ahead of time. And say, you know what? I don't want to waste your time. Can I have 20 minutes of your time? And I'll, here's the list of questions I want to ask you. And, uh, and we'll just go through that list and call it a meeting. Come prepared. So many leaders just show up and, and they meet the mentor they always want to meet with. And they're like, well, what do you want to talk about? They're like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just want to sit here with you. Well, I can promise you that meeting will never happen again. Never. Right? Come prepared. Engage during your meeting. Take notes. This is my journal. Everywhere I go, I bring my journal. Even if I was sitting here talking to you, you might say something to me after the message that I think is awesome to write down. Take notes and learn from them. It will show that you're engaged. Pay attention. Show up early. Um, evaluate your meeting. Again, every time I meet with a, mentor, a potential mentor, I view it as a date. And then I start to think, was that good? Do I want to meet with them again? Yeah, it's awesome. I get their phone number. Uh, 
Sixth, follow up with a thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is missing in our generation. Send them a thank you note. So thank you so much for meeting with me. Here's what I learned in our time together and write bullet points. I did that for a leader. Two years later, I saw him. I didn't see him for the whole two years. He said, do you know I carry your thank you card around in my binder every day to remind myself that I'm actually doing something that makes a difference? I was blown away. It took me 30 seconds to write the thank you note, and it was just, it was amazing, but it made such an impact in his life. Follow up. And then do what they told you, right? Talk about being doers of the word. If they gave you things to do, do them. And only after you do them, ask them for another meeting. And when you reach out to them, say, hey, here's what you taught me last time. Here's what you told me to do. Here's what I did. Can we meet again? You'll you could, be, you could say that to the president and he would meet with you, right? Because mentors get so excited. It's so rare to find a student that will actually do something with what the teacher's teaching them to do, or the mentor. And that's my process. And just repeat that over and over and over and over and over and over and again. I hope that helps. So let's just say that you found the mentor. I just want to give you an overview of what, what a mentorship relationship looks like in the Bible. And it's broken into a few phases. Phase one is parenthood. Phase one is parenthood. In, in 1 Timothy 1 verse 2, Paul said this. He said, Timothy, my true son in the faith. And when you start a mentoring relationship, it's almost like a child and a parent. It's, you're enamored by who they are, right? When we're little kids, who are our heroes? Our heroes are our mom and dad. They can do no wrong. They're absolutely perfect. And we just want to learn, learn, learn. And that's what you have to do in this, this, uh, this stage. Henry Cloud said this. He said, you need mothering and fathering in order to reach maturity it does not have to come from your biological parents, and often it doesn't. Find it. Again, we need to find spiritual fathers and mothers in our lives. And you need to, you need to be just like a little kid, right? Little kids ask questions all the time. Why, why is this happening? Why, 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 why? You need to be the same way. You need to ask everything you can, learn how they treat people, learn everything you can from them in the stage of parenting. And, uh, and for... What I would say is the, probably the two things that you need most in this, the two attributes you need most in this phase is faithfulness and humility. When you start to meet with a mentor, you, you should just say, I would encourage you, if you want to meet with them on a consistent basis, say, hey, I want you to treat me like you would treat a staff member or one of your kids. That's the kind of relationship I want you to have. If you need, I would just view yourself as a servant and be faithful with anything they ask you to do. If you really want to be around them, hey, if you need a ride to the airport, I'll ride you to the airport. If you need your grass cut, I'll cut your grass. If you need me to babysit your kids, I'll babysit your kids. Do everything you can to serve them in that season. Because it's such a privilege that you get to spend time with them. And be faithful and do it over and over and over and over and over again. And the second thing it's going to require is humility. Humility. In 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 6, it says, In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Humble yourselves. You know what? Kids need spanked sometimes. Kids need corrected sometimes. If a kid's going to walk across the street and get hit by a bus, how many of you guys know it's okay to grab them and pull them out and to teach them that they shouldn't run in front of the road? Well, when you're in the parenthood stage of mentorship, your, your mentor's going to need to get in your face about some things. Your mentor might say, hey, if you don't get out of this relationship, you might end up marrying this person and ruining your life. If you don't quit this lifestyle, you're going to end up homeless and end up at light of life. If you don't do this right, they need to get in your face, and it's going to require great humility on your end. 
But if you'll be humble and open to what they have to say and be teachable, there's no limit to what God can do in your life. There's absolutely no limit. Be faithful and be humble. If you're faithful long enough and humble long enough and your mentor sees that you're actually doing something with what you told them in the parenthood phase, you'll move into what I call the student phase. It's kind of like your teenage years in the relationship. In this phase, you get familiar with the behind the scenes. You start to grow up and you start to realize that your mentor is not perfect. Right? Have you, have you ever got to that point in life where you realized your parents weren't perfect? Anybody? But in this season, you, need, you really get to see the behind the scenes of the leader. In 2 Timothy 3.10, Paul said this. He said, but you, Timothy, you know what I teach, how I live, what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. And you know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. I love that Paul didn't just say, you know everything I taught you. He only mentions what he taught once. Because how many of you guys know, I could come up here and teach you every week and you can learn some stuff, but I'll never teach you as much as someone who's in your everyday life, who you get to do life with. If you got to spend time with me, you'd probably learn a lot more with me than, than me just hearing me once a week. And that's what I love about this. When you get close to your mentors, you not only know what they teach, but you start to see how their faith is. You get to see their patience, how they love people, how they endure hardship. You see them, the behind the scenes of suffering. And that's the stuff we need to learn from our mentors. That's the hard issues that you need to catch. Because character is more caught than taught. And you need to see how they, they react to hard times. You need to see how they love their wives. But you only earn the right to have that space in a leader's life if you've been faithful and humble in the first season. And if you're lucky enough to get in this stage with a mentor, never take that for granted. Because you can start to take it for granted when you realize that they're not perfect. I, th I think it's interesting that when I realized my dad wasn't perfect and I had two spiritual mentors come into my life, I remember me and my dad got in a fight and I said, Dad, if it weren't for Pastor Larry and Mike Stidell, I would, I would be absolutely no with my life because you didn't teach me anything on how to be successful and you didn't teach me anything as a dad. And I would pay a million dollars right now if I had it to take that statement back. Because the Bible says that our parents did the best they knew how. And yeah, there's some things that I wish my dad would have taught me that he didn't. But man, my dad did so much for me that I, I didn't even realize. My dad was an alcoholic and he quit the year I was born. So I never got to see that side of him. And it wasn't a side that I would have wanted to see. And if that's all he did for me, man, that's enough. And there's going to be times where you're going to see the realness and the humanness of the people that you look up to. And you're going to be disappointed. But I'm here to tell you, everyone's messed up. You're never going to meet a perfect, there's no perfect mentor. There's no perfect person that you meet with. And, and the most challenging thing for you would be to not to run away when you are disappointed with the people that you once looked up to. Do you know that people actually walked away from Jesus because they got disappointed in his ministry? You find it in John chapter 6, verse 66 through 69. And I don't have time to tell the whole story, but it says, At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. And then Jesus returned to the twelve and said, Are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the holy God. You know we never hear about those disciples that turn their back on him ever again. You know who we do hear about? The people that stuck with Jesus, even when what Jesus did didn't make sense to them. 
That's who you hear about. And the people that I see are successful in the long run at staying a Christian, at being a great husband and father, are the people that stuck with their mentors and kept pressing through in spite of disappointment. Because there will be seasons where you'll want to do what all those other disciples did. But my encouragement, my challenge to you is to be like Peter was and to be like Timothy. In Philippians 2, verse 19 and 13, this is how Paul talked about his, his student at this time, Timothy. He said in verse 20, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only about themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how, Tim- you, but you know how Timothy has proved himself. Timothy proved himself, and, and Timothy was such a good student under Paul that Paul said, listen, I mentor a lot of people, but I have no one, absolutely no one like Timothy. Everyone else, they just care about their own thing and what they want, but Timothy, man, he gets it. And I want to encourage you to be someone's Timothy. Be someone that, that your mentor can look at and say, man, I have no one else like Billy. I have no one else like Doug. I have no one else like you. That's the kind of mentee you want to be with. Because if you're faithful long enough and you're humble long enough and you'll press through the disappointment stage when you get there, you'll make the third stage and the third phase, which is so rewarding, and that's the partnership phase. In Romans 16, verse 12, Paul said this about Timothy. He said, Timothy, my fellow worker. So we can see in Scripture that Timothy was first a son and then a student, and now Paul calls him a partner in his ministry. And you get to a point where you actually get a little bit older and your mentors that have been in your life forever become peers and they become friends. And you get to do ministry with them. It's, it's so awesome. But how do you get there? How do you know you get to go there? Two things that you can tell you'll, you're there by. One is that your mentor uh, will bless what you're doing. Your mentor will bless what you're doing. And I see so many people skip town on their mentor before their mentor blesses what they do. They think they're ready for something that they are not ready for because they have blind spots and they can't see it. And if they would ask their mentor, hey, do you think I should, should I'm just going to, I'm going to marry this person. Do you think that's good? If their mentor says no, they say, you know what, you don't know what's best for me. I'm going to press forward. But I found this. If you, if you get to a parent, this phase with a mentor, they know you inside out. They know your blind spot. They know your weaknesses. And they know what's best for you. And just because they say no now doesn't mean it will be a no forever. But you need to listen to them. And when you do, I promise you, the perfect example is Jesus. You guys know the Great Commission. when the, He spent three years with the disciples. And after three years with them, he said, I've given, been given all authority in heaven and earth. So therefore, I'm telling all of you, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I give you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end. Jesus said, listen, I've been with you guys for three years, and you may think you're ready. There was times you thought you were ready, but you weren't ready. But I'm telling you, now you're ready. And I'm so proud of the men that you've become. I'm so proud of the ministries that you've built and the decisions that you've made. And I give you my blessing to go and change the world. That's the place you want to get to your mentors, where they developed you so long that they say, man, that person you're getting ready to marry... Man, marry them. That job you're about to take, take that job. You have my blessing on this. Go. And then the other way to tell is other people will affirm that you've been with your mentor. In Acts 4.13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And there's no greater compliment for your mentor than to say, Man, those, those guys you poured into, they're tearing it up. And, and we see you in them. 
And that's the kind of mentee you want to be. And if you've gone through those three phases, I'll close with this. The best thing you can do for your mentor is to, pa is to pay it forward. It's to pay it forward. I ask, my, I ask Pastor Larry and Mike in my life all the time, guys, if I had a million dollars, I would write you a check for a million dollars. You've made such an impact in my life. There's absolutely not. What can I do to like, pay you back and just say thank you? And you know what their answer is every time? There's nothing you can do to pay us back. But what you can do is one day, there'll be a little Bubba or a little Doug, and he'll come into your life, and he'll, he'll be just as messed up as you were when you started. And when they do, just do for them what I did for you, and that'll be all the payback I need. And so I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at, you need to have mentors pouring into your life. You should be pouring into your peers, and then you should be paying it forward by pouring in to those below you. And I just want to pray for you that God would bring those relationships into your life. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. And Lord, I thank you for giving us these examples in Scripture of what a godly mentorship looks like. And God, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would bring these kind of relationships into their life and change their lives forever. And I thank you for that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I never want to leave a service without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. When I was in seventh grade, I was at Slippery Rock Baptist Camp, and my camp counselor said, Doug, do you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life so you can spend eternity with him and he'll forgive all your sins? And I said, yeah. He said, all you have to do is pray a prayer, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on a cross and rose from the dead, and Jesus will come to your life, and your life will be transformed forever. And so I knelt down in my cabin, I prayed that prayer. Jesus came into my life, and my life has never been the same. And I just want to give you that opportunity. And if you're here and you say to me, Bubba, tonight I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want that relationship. I've never done that. I'm just going to ask you to count. I'm going to count to three and ask you to raise your hand. And I'm not going to embarrass you, point you out, call you out, or anything like that. I'm going to pray a prayer with you, and everyone in this room will pray it with you, and Jesus will come into your life. So if that's you and you say to me, Bubba, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. It's awesome. Hands are going up everywhere. It's the best decision you'll ever make, I'm telling you. Anybody else? Awesome. Guys, hands are up everywhere. If you, if you raised your hand or should have, let's all pray this out loud where you can hear it say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. I believe that he died on a cross and he rose from the dead for me. Jesus, I repent of my sin. I ask you into my heart. And I thank you for coming. And thank you for making me brand new. And thank you that I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone give those guys a hand. That's awesome. Guys, if you, if you prayed that prayer, raise your hand. I'll be around afterwards. I would love to talk to you, but the Bible says literally you've just become a brand new person in Christ. And there's leaders here like Bill and all these guys up here. Don't leave without talking to someone about how you can take next steps with that. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Like I said, I'll be around if you want to hang out after. And uh, thank you so much. Love you guys. Just what you need to hear. <laughs> Love you, man. Thanks.